KFGO time 408. This is The Drive. Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 KFGO. If you want to join us, 237-5948-1-800-880-5346. I didn't ask our first guest here if uh, that would be okay, I'm assuming, right? I mean, you do want to talk. Dave Hughes with us. He, again, wants to run for the uh, 7th Congressional District in the great state of Minnesota. That is fine, I'm assuming, that you don't mind talking to constituents. Oh, yeah. No, I love calls, Derek. Thanks. You bet. How have you been? It's been a while. I've been uh, kind of running all over the place here the past couple of years, and you've been busy, too, going up and down the state of Minnesota. Uh, things have been great. You know, I ran twice for Congress. I'm running a third time now, and I'm uh, putting the miles on my car uh, up to 376,000 miles so far. I can about imagine. You know, talk about that when we think about door knocking. We saw that a lot down in Iowa with, with the Democrats, you know, door knocking literally in the state of Iowa. But the district is so huge. I mean, you got to be putting a lot of miles on to reach everyone that you want to reach, right? Oh, I am. You know, it's 38 counties. It's the entire western half of the state of Minnesota. It's it's funny to me, journalists down in the Twin Cities area, they write about it being the northwest part of the state. I'm like, no, it's the entire western half. Yeah, you're do- all the way down to Alexandria, right? Well, I mean, well way down to Pipestone. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. So that's a lot of area to cover. What are people telling you? That's what I'm always concerned about when you are door knocking, when you're at different type of uh, functions that you're trying to get your name out there, name recognition, all that. What What's the biggest concern that... Minnesotans have here in your district? Well, it's three or four issues. First of all, agriculture is the number one economic sector in Western Minnesota. It's 25% of the entire economy. So, and it's, you know, it's who we are as a people. It drives our culture. So agriculture is number one. And um, I'll tell you the big surprise, you probably know this already, maybe your listeners don't. But in 2018, poll, poll information and polling indicated that the farmers strongly supported President Trump. But when I would talk to them, uh, they would say, hey, if, if he doesn't get this uh, trade war with China wrapped up by the end of 2018, we're not sure we can continue to support him. That's what individual farmers told me. And yet here we are a, a year and a half later in early 2020, and recent polling indicates that they're with him as strongly as ever, if not more strongly. And I think that's a, a, you know, that's a positive indication for him, and it's a positive indication for my chances going forward. It's an interesting take because I think you – know, the one thing about the seventh district, and you know this, okay, Collins won many elections. Amy Klobuchar's won that district, right? I mean, it can really be all over the place. Well, Amy we, doesn't win the district. She doesn't win. Well, this I mean, one. she's right up there, right? I mean, she she gets a lot of votes as not, far not in Western Minnesota. Well, she, she, I mean, as far as she she talks about how she, in rural. Jim counties. Newberger, who ran yeah. against her, won Western Minnesota. But but she, but she does win a lot of rural county uh, and, and districts, right? I mean, and, and counties and stuff like that. She, she wins enough in right. the metro area. And, that, and that's yeah. what she says. I mean, like she always talks about Michelle Bachman's. But the bottom line is people will vote for Colin. They'll vote for her. They'll vote for President Trump. They'll vote, I, mean, I mean, what I'm saying is a lot of people are pretty purple on how they vote, certainly within the district. I mean, you even look at like uh, some of the local, you know, Paul Marcourt and, and Ben Lean. I mean, people well, it, cross the ticket a lot in the in the 7th District. Yeah, so just to give you some numbers, in 2016, President Trump won about 201,000 votes in the 7th Congressional District. I got 157,000. So the question is, why did that 44,000 people vote for him and not for me? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the fact of the matter is, in 16, they didn't know me. And so I've been running for four continuous years, uh, and more of those folks voted for me in 18. And it's the slow personal approach over the over the expanse of the entire district that's going to win it, and that's why I'm confident I'm going to win this year. You know, talk a little bit about what you meant as far as uh, looking back to not having the confidence with the trade war, or whatever. And of course, we're, there's a lot of news about the payments and whatever, you know, and that type of thing. What's your take on that? I mean, I, I'm sure knowing you as long as I have, you're more of a free market type of guy. You don't necessarily want to see something like that. And what are some of the 
the the people within the seventh district telling you about that? Well, I mean, farmers they they want markets. They don't want these uh, market facilitation Correct. payments, but they're not going to deny the payments or turn them back because they recognize the truth, which is that those payments are due to the president's policy, which is to press China and temporarily harm our markets. You know, he's he's uh, pressing them for really good reasons. And while he's doing that, Ambassador Lighthizer, the U.S. Trade Representative, they've been opening other markets and making deals in Japan. Uh, a, a deal was announced just a week ago in Nigeria. And uh, so the farmers understand what he's trying to accomplish, which is why they're fine with these payments. But of course, that's not the long-term approach. The, the long-term approach for you know, 5, 10, 20 years is not to get these payments every single year. For so, sure. So they, they, they recognize that. Are you in support of them? I mean, as far as how this I, took place? I, I'm fine with how it's gone. I mean, because three years is a relatively short period, um, but you wouldn't want this to be a 20-year plan, right? So um, I'm confident that the president, that that's not his intention. So I, I'm with him on this. As far as what would you, if you were to meet with the president tomorrow, what would you say? What should we do right now as far as the situation with China? Well, I'd say keep keep your uh, present approach. Okay. But but the number one issue I would I would sit down with the president right now is I'd say we need to balance our budget, and his 2021 uh, proposal uh, budget proposal it, it it aims toward that. Uh, it's a very long expanse uh, of time 2035 by the time it balances. But I think I think the Congress needs to be much more urgent on that subject, and that would be what I would talk with him about. And as far as that, not only the budget, but then of course the deficit, and that's one thing. It just seems like we forgot about that. I mean, it's, it's it should be a concern to every American that we're sitting at twenty two trillion dollars, right? Well, it should. And you and I were talking off air about how you know uh, partisanship affects. You know, people get mad at one guy for doing one thing, and and they're not consistent. I have always been super consistent that the deficit is a huge concern and we need to wipe it out and balance the budget, whether the president is a Republican or a Democrat and you know whether the Democrats have the majority or the Republicans have the majority. What would you push? I mean, because it is up in the air, you know, who's going to have control of the House coming up in 2021 once we get the new uh, Congress. I mean, so if, whether it's the speaker within your party or whether it's uh, just the minority leader in your party, what would you push as far as trying to get something done? I mean, was it is it tr- straight spending? You mentioned President Trump's budget. I mean, is it a lot of spending? Well, so there, there's three aspects of balancing the budget and getting us into a healthy fiscal situation. Spending is the most important one. It's the one that none of the politicians will, uh, they have no appetite for. Well, they don't want to cut what they want. Well, they don't want to cut anything. Right. So whether you're a Republican or a Democrat and you're a member of Congress, there's no leadership right now on cutting spending. And that's that's what we've got to do. The other two elements, though, are reducing taxes so that more Americans have more money to stimulate the economy. And then the third element is reducing overburdensome regulation. Those first two, uh, regulation and taxation, we're okay at. It's spending, it's cutting spending that we're really, really bad at. And that's what I will bring to the game because I am super committed to it. And I could talk to you for an hour about what I want to cut. Well, I, I know you would like to, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you have other things going on. But and what, uh, let's get to some of the main things because I think, I think when you said no one wants to have any appetite for spending, it's more or less things that they don't want to cut, right? I mean, I think no doubt about it. Would you look at uh, the GOP right now? They don't want to cut defense much. They don't want. Would you have us pretty much straight down the line type of cut type of thing with all those different things that well, seem to be sacred cows for both parties? Or? No, I I don't think I would do a sequestration approach like we did a few years ago under the Obama administration, where they cut. Uh, I think it was the same percentage from each right. of the departments. That wouldn't be my approach. But for instance, my approach is I've got a printout here. Uh, we've got 15 U.S. departments and 220 plus agencies. I want to day one abolish five of the 15 departments. Obviously, the other remaining ones we'd have to cut spending there as well. Um, but uh, abolishing versus uh, just an even cut—that's not what I'm going for. 
let me ask you a little bit just about as far as some of the specifics, though. I mean, would you be willing to cut defense? I yes. mean, you're a former. You, you, no, I, I've been campaigning on this for two years now. I think if you do that, if you did it right, and this should appeal to Democrats and Republicans, uh, I'm Major Dave Hughes running for Congress. And what it, what they should understand is I think we could make spending cuts in the Defense Department and still end up with a Defense Department that is more agile, more lethal and more capable. The problem is the politicians are running around doing so many other things that they don't give any thought to it. And so I think we could cut spending there in the right way and, and still come out stronger. And I think that's the case also in the intelligence community, which is too big and too spread out for Congress to have effective oversight of. Would you want to get rid of a certain type of, I mean, we have the, you know, the NSA, we got the CIA. I mean, would you want to see maybe elimination of one of those? Or oh, yeah. Home? Well, uh, a politician whose name I'm not going to name mentioned that we have 17 intelligence agencies at the federal level. The British have two. Uh, I'm not sure two is the correct number, but I'm pretty sure that 17 is too many. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to I'd like to scale that back. And what you could accomplish by doing that is spend less money and have better congressional oversight of the intelligence community. What What do you think the biggest problem is? I mean, what would you like to see? You know, Congressman uh, Armstrong was on this morning on News and Views, and, and so you know, it'd be a neighboring state if you were able to win the seventh district. I mean, as as far as uh, what would you like to see? Have a little bit more flow because I think one thing I'm sure you run to this with all the voters that you run into is, I think there's such frustration with gridlock. I mean, would you be? Is there anything that the Democrats right now would? before that you would be able to work on as far as a, a bill that you'd be able to vote for if there's some give and take or yeah i, I think that the uh, start that we've made on uh, criminal justice reform for instance uh, president trump signed a bill that i believe was bipartisan in nature uh, i'm eager to work with democrats on that uh, not because i'm aware that they have any particular uh, ideas about that that i'm particularly attracted to but they want to do it i want to do it i think we could work together on that so that's that's one uh, instance for uh, to give you dave hughes is with us he wants to be the congressman from the 7th district in the great state of minnesota so you would be my congressman if you were able to win so i just so i'm very interested to see hear what you have to say again kfgo time is 418 we're going to check in with sam halstengard here in just a bit with the latest on what's going on in the egg scene more with dave hughes on the way here Derek Hansen, this is the drive on the mighty 790 kfgo Dave Hughes is with us. He wants to be, again, the congressman from the 7th District. You have a lot of competition. I mean, you're probably getting challenged as far as uh, for the Republican nomination, probably more than the past couple times you tried, right? Oh, yeah. The last two times I had one competitor at the endorsing convention. Yeah. Now I've got four and a possible fifth. Uh, some guy here from the Moorhead area, but not sure if he'll show up. We'll see. So, I mean, what's that been like? Have you crossed paths much? I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i sure you know a few of these folks. Right? Oh, yeah. No, we've, we've all seen each other at uh, meets and, meet and greets and uh, various events. The uh, Each of the counties has a monthly meeting, and a lot of us are showing up at the same meetings. And so it's it's all good. Uh, text message comes in at 35270. Uh, Mr. Dave Hughes, how do you feel about term limits? I love term limits. I support them. Uh, the problem is you'll never get the guys currently in Washington to ever agree to it. So to implement term limits, uh, you'd have to do an Article 5 convention of states, which is where the people out in the states uh, get that done. But I fully support it. Well, how many years do you think for a congressperson? Uh, my number is 12 years. So you okay. need one two-year term to kind of just figure out where everything is. And then you got 10 years to get stuff done. Then you go home. Let me ask you about Senate then. Is the same thing than just two terms? Two, two six-year terms. Okay. That's it. Okay. That, that, and I think a lot of people deal with that. But what about certain areas like... If you are good at what you do and you're bringing home, you know, and, and really catering your constituents, do you think that is can that hurt you a little bit, especially in small areas? I look at more at the neighboring state of North Dakota more than anything. If, 
No, I, I, I you know, the, the number that you asked me and the number that I gave, I think is adequate. Uh, uh, the thing is, is there's, we've got 330 million Americans. There's plenty of smart people capable of serving and representing the people out there. Uh, I can't point to anybody uh, in Washington right now and say they're indispensable. We can't do without them, right? Well, that's true. <laughs> but I think I do think politics is all local. I think most people like their congressman. They like their senator, you know, so. Well, right. And, and, and Rush Limbaugh has talked about this, how, you know, satisfaction with Congress is like in single digits. But I like my guy. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? That's just it. It makes I mean, no sense. Yeah. That, and that's the whole thing. That's why I kinda, I'm kind of curious about that, because I think a lot of people want to see someone they don't like for the senator from wherever. But. I don't want to lose my person. And I think that's why we have incumbents went over and over again. Speaking of incumbents, I mean, have you heard much from Congressman Peterson? I mean, I, it's still kind of up in the air, right? Oh, it is. I'll tell you a quick story, though. In, in early 2019, he was asked by the media, like he usually is right after the election, hey, are you going to run the next term? And his answer was the same as what it was in early 17. He said, of course I'm running. I've got you know X number of dollars in the bank. But last summer, he ran a poll uh, spent about $19,000 on this poll. And uh, I have a recording of the poll and the poll was all about him and me. And after that poll, his uh, tune changed. So I haven't seen the results of the poll, but he started saying, oh, well, we'll see January or February. So here we are now in February and he hasn't announced. So we'll see. Yeah, because it was relatively close in 2018. I don't think that, you know, even going back to 2016, I think the more interesting part about it is President Trump, you know, a lot of people felt, well, if he wins, it's going to be an awful thing for the rest of the Republicans selling the ticket. It really wasn't for that year. No, not at all. And, and so I'm just kind of curious, do you feel that way? I mean, depending upon who the Democrats put as their nominee, how that could help or hurt you? Do you think that has any relation at all? Or I, I don't perceive that. And I can tell you my perception is that uh, President Trump's support in western Minnesota is every bit as strong as it was in 16, if not more. And as you know, he won by 31 points. Right. And so I'm associating myself with him to the degree I can. And I, I, I can't imagine that hurting me. As far as that, I've, you know, we've known each other, what, four years now, probably. I mean, and I know your background. You're, you're certainly tied with your family, your faith and all that. Knowing some of the antics, the tweets, the, you know, the, the his lifestyle, his third marriage. Does that bother you at all? Does, do you struggle with that at all? Uh, not at all. I think the tweets are a strategic distraction that gets the national media in a hysteria while he's getting some some stuff done. So I have no problem with any of that. How about his you know previous life as far as... You well, know. you know, in, in, in 16, I, I early on supported somebody other than him because I didn't know who he was. Uh, but my wife uh, reassured me from some things that she had read that her that his previous two wives have said he is a different person today than he was back then. Okay. So in, in the summer of 16, I became very comfortable with who he is now. Okay, well, that's interesting because I, mean, I haven't heard that as far as his previous wife saying that. But I mean, th there's no doubt. I mean, you look at his history and everything that you know, you know, the adultery he had in the first marriage. I just didn't know if that bothered you at all. Or Not really in the context of things. I mean, you look at King David in the Bible, and he was uh, he was a scoundrel, but God used him. And so I I am I am fully supportive of President Trump. Okay, I just want to. Because I always think that because I think sometimes you understand that a lot of people look at it, it. It seems like it's always a moving target when it comes. Well, to yeah, but but I have so many people that want me to like actively campaign against them on those no. grounds, and I'm like, what? I'm going to run for but, co Congress I as think a Republican. For a lot of people, I, I think for a lot of people, it seems like there's a tax on Democrats for those same reasons, and, and you, you know what I mean, like yeah, the, but the that's, Clinton and type of thing. But, but that's that's active current behavior, yeah. not not something from 15 years ago. 
I mean, I don't like Bill Clinton for what he did in office. Right. Well, there's that's a whole, whole different thing. But right. And I guess that type of different type of lifestyles. It seems like it's a little different. That's all. Oh, give me your last uh, few minutes here. Your selling point on first of all, I mean, before you can run again, you got to win the nomination. What's your selling point over your uh, competitors there for the Republican nomination? Well, what I've been telling all the voters out there that I've been meeting across the district is, I am the only candidate that can beat Colin Peterson in 2020. If he doesn't run, then the whole calculus goes out the window and the dynamic of the whole thing is, is going to change. But if you want a Republican to beat Colin Peterson in November of 2020, I'm the only one that can do it. And the reason for that is simple. My four competitors, maybe a fifth if this other guy shows up, uh, they are unknown to the voters of Western Minnesota. I am known because I've done this twice before. I've, I've done it for four continuous years. I've gotten closer each time. And because of the strange nature of how we do things in Minnesota with the, the primary being so late, August 11th of this year, less than 90 days uh, between then and November 3rd, you just don't have time to get it done. And it takes multiple cycles to beat Colin Peterson. Last thing for you, I mean, were you surprised by his vote on impeachment at all? or Not at all, because if he had voted to impeach, that would have been his retirement announcement. <laughs> okay, <laughs> very good. Hey, it was good to see you again. Hopefully you can do this again a little bit later on this uh, spring, summer, a little bit longer. So I know you got to run, but I do appreciate it. Anytime, Derek. Thank you. you. Thank you. Dave Hughes again. He wants to get the Republican nomination. He wants to, again, be the congressman for the 7th District of Minnesota. We'll take your phone calls, your thoughts on it, and we'll talk more about the races around the country when we come back here. 237-5948-1-800-880-5346. KFGO News on the way. Also, if you want to text us, 35270. This is The Drive here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. KFGO.